0: And we're back from Tokyo, Shibuya, from the streets. It's the Raw
1: Urban Mobile Podcast. I'm Cliff. Chocolate boot in the house, kicking back in the mobile man cave. Old school, 99 Chevy Astro. Yep, I'm not giving free advertisement to the Chevy Astro because they stopped making them back in 05. Well, you but anyway,
0: kind of already did. You said, with, yeah.
1: With well, I mean, they don't make them no more, so they wouldn't make any money. <laughs> they discontinued it. But anyway, we're here in the streets of Tokyo, our second home, yep. Shibuya, and uh, yeah, we're ready to have some fun. Yep. And we have another awesome guest, as, Absolutely. Al- as always. Absolutely. We always have awesome guests. Right? And also, peeps, don't forget to subscribe. Yes. And like. And also. Give us some reviews. Yes, so we are on. We appreciate. We're on
0: Podbean, of course. That's our home. Mm. Podbean, Um, iTunes, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Stitcher, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. We should be on. Aloha, this is Brademotz Music, and you're locked in to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. Yeah, you. All right. Our special guest today is... I'll let her introduce herself. Go ahead.
2: Hi, my name is Mai. All right. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
1: You're welcome. We're happy to have you. Yeah,
0: happy to have Mai. And Mai has been on the Curly and Kansai podcast. So shout out to Curly and Kansai, Ayana and Elise.
1: Up there in Osaka. Yes, yes, yes.
0: And uh, you, you've been on there twice, right? Twice, yes. Okay, okay. And uh, what did you talk about on, on there? Uh,
2: first episode, I talked about queer, queer uh, being an LGBT community in Japan. And then the second episode was on Japanese alcohol culture. Okay. And I was invited as a Japanese guest okay. to talk about the topics.
0: Okay. And similar, we, we, you know, we're having my on today to uh talk about a few things that she's passionate about um you want to go ahead and say what those things are
2: sure uh so my passion has been about social justice especially in the fields of sexuality uh race nationality uh yes stuff like that
3: okay
0: cool 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 and you're originally from osaka yes
2: i was born and raised in osaka
0: oh okay so you know i gotta ask you the question You know what that question is?
2: Do you like Tokyo?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Osaka versus Tokyo. Who wins now? Well... (laughs) I I know it's going to be biased.
2: Yes, I'm biased, but... (laughs)
0: Well,
2: now I live in in Tokyo. I moved to Tokyo this January uh, because I changed my job. Now I have a different job in Tokyo. And at first I thought I would hate Tokyo but I actually do like Tokyo oh. so so Ayana and I take had that to, Ayana yeah, take that we had to have pow, a, pow. a discussion Elise, about it pow pow
0: <laughs> boo <y'all>.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I used to always tease Ayana about
1: the the mm. whole Tokyo versus Osaka thing she say it's too many damn people up here well
2: that is correct there are too many people yeah. but so far I'm enjoying it yeah yeah uh Maybe later I'll have a different opinion, <laughs> but right now I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying yeah. it, and especially I like Tokyo because I'm here only on the weekends. Ah. As I said before, I'm in in a different prefecture during the weekdays. Okay. Because I work for a client company that is located in the different uh, different uh, prefecture. So.
0: Okay. All right. And what type of work do you do?
2: I work for a management consultant company, small Japanese management consultant company, and I work for an automobile automotive company in a remote site. Okay. So that's why I'm not in Tokyo during the weekdays.
0: Okay, I, I guess that's a good thing, right? Yeah, you're not here every day, so you mm-hmm. get away from it, and then... I guess you come back during the best time, the weekends, right? <laughs> where where you can party where you can relax or just do whatever you want well
2: not necessarily because my expectation to come to Tokyo was to you know I wanted to attend like cool events Ah. that happen during the weekdays yes you know it's for the businessmen
3: yes
0: you know people so
2: you know they go to these events like book reviews lectures after work but you can't do that I can't yeah
0: well no you're right and you brought up a great Thing about tokyo that it's probably it's probably the best place in japan for that for right for uh business meetups for um you know all these all these type of meetups right mm-hmm, networking mm-hmm. events yes um you know it's so much going on here and we bring those people on actually mm-hmm. on our podcast if you listen to our podcast mm-hmm, a lot of mm-hmm. these people a lot of our guests are out there yeah being speakers at these events and um you know, you know, contributing to the international community, mm-hmm. entrepreneur community, yeah. creative community, all, you know, doing all types of cool stuff. So, yeah, you are missing out. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Maybe soon. I'll so, come back and okay. join the community.
0: Okay. So, how is how is it uh, out there? It's it's pretty rural, country.
2: Yes. It's actually a very interesting place. Uh, it's actually Guma Prefecture. Okay. And... Because I don't drive. I don't have a driver's license. I don't get to explore much yet. Okay. But Guma is actually one of the most internationalized prefectures in Japan. Really? Yeah, because there are like car factories and stuff. Ah. So I sometimes go uh, drop by a halal restaurant or halal uh, convenience store and talk to the the owners. And they tell me their experience a little bit. So.
0: Cool. So you can like speak English in Guma
2: actually they speak Japanese okay because a lot of them their native uh, language is not English okay
0: Mm. how about like foreigners do you see a lot of foreigners out there
2: not really and especially because I'm like crammed in the in the office during the daytime I don't really get to you know walk around so I don't see many people at night but they are uh, non-Japanese residents in Guma for sure
0: okay yeah I think i I'm in a few Facebook groups and I know a few people
2: Mm.
0: that's out there in Goma.
1: Have you ever been out there, man? No, I think I'll take a drive out there. She say it's country, a lot of fresh air. Yes. Good onsens, right?
2: Good onsens, yes.
1: Hey, what about the onsens that I want to go to that my wife don't want to go to, but I'm going to them for different reasons? Which
2: one? What are you talking
1: about? Konnyaku?
2: Konnyaku. Konnyaku. Konnyaku?
1: Konnyaku or konnyaku? Konnyaku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that where there's no segregated sides. Oh. It's like men and women are hanging out in the same place but I was also looking at the forums and it's mostly old people. You know, like grandma's tits down to her stomach or grandpa's balls dragging the bottom of the, of the tub. I, I don't need to see that but Yeah, I was just, so you never went to a a mixed onsen?
2: Not yet. Mm. I haven't had the fun yet. So
1: maybe you could uh, make that a part of your, you know, to-do list.
2: Maybe, in the bucket list. Yeah, (laughs) put it in the bucket list. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you grew up in Osaka?
2: Yes, I was born and raised in Osaka. Osaka. Right, right,
0: right. In a
2: suburb area.
0: Suburb area. Okay, so that means you would have to come to the central part to have fun?
2: Yes, yes.
1: What is Osaka known for?
2: Uh, food, good food, good definitely. food, and uh, perhaps a little friendly slash slightly rude uh, personalities of the people. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, I've, mm. I've heard. I've heard they're more cool and more approachable.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, than yes. like Tokyo people. You know, Tokyo has the reputation of being people have being people in Tokyo have the reputation of being cold. Mm. I guess and, and not as. Um, intimate with people mm. um, that type of thing but I guess Osaka is a little different
2: a little different yes
1: yeah I've been there a couple of times and the people were really open and friendly yes. yeah, yeah see that's
2: a good way to say it yeah but a yeah. different perspective would be they don't really respect the personal boundaries you have sometimes huh. they can they don't mind stepping across the line <laughs> So. That's good. Well <laughs> so, it's good yeah.
1: and bad. And yeah, I guess depending on who they're mm, dealing with. Exactly. So it's
2: yeah,
0: more like the Western world in that sense. More just a little bit. Yeah.
2: Mm, mm So right now I'm enjoying the fact that my for example my bosses or my colleagues don't really talk about uh the you know, the fact that I'm a I'm not a man, you know, for example. Uh. Yeah. My first nickname that I got in the workplace my previous workplace in Kobe, uh-huh. was Princess. Ah, uh because i was one of the few women in the it department so
0: and you
1: didn't like that no not idea. at all you <laughs> just wanted to be a part of the group
2: yeah and they would comment on my on my outfit every day every morning oh, wow. and stuff like that
0: yeah mm. Mm. sounds very typical mm-hmm. yeah 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 sexist yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. sexualizing women yeah. Mm. and
1: um Well, one thing that that surprised me about Osaka was, uh, as a part-time job, I used to work as a concert security. So we would go to the reggae, uh, I think it was a reggae Sunsplash that was held in a big, huge field in Osaka with all the famous reggae um, performers, you know, Ziggy Marley, the Wailers, Jimmy Cliff, Maxi Priest, and all those cats, right? And so we would just travel and be security at the concert, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure crowd control. You know, I guess they just got us big, bulky looking guy jeans, right? So, uh, to those of you in the US that don't know what a guy jean is, is a foreigner. But what I found different was I thought the crowds in Japan, even though they were wild and excited by the music and the atmosphere, was quite conservative. Because mm-hmm. when I went to Osaka, you had girls just opening up their shirts showing their tits <laughs> you had you had guys that climbed on top of the speakers and just stripped butt naked while their group mm. of about 30 friends below were cheering them on and I was like this is so un-Japanese you know and so my friend would go around and say hey opai, mesite, show me your tits and a few of them would do it, and we're sitting there saying, this is so un-Japanese, but they were some of the biggest partiers, mm. you know. And like you said, they were they were very open. They were mm-hmm. very approachable. They would approach you like they know you, and I, I, I found that so cool. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, But
1: so un-Japanese at the same time, but yeah, yeah. Also, you guys are known to have the biggest mafia. Really? In Japan, um, yeah, the, the Yamaguchi Gumi. I don't want to say shout out to them, but... Yeah. yeah, I used to watch a lot of mafia movies, and I became intrigued by gangster. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. Mm. Mm. You
2: don't know the big.
1: Oh no, well, anyway. We no, Mokajumi,
2: I, I'm I I'm, 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 I've heard of them, mm. but I didn't know they were. Uh, yeah, their yeah, headquarters yeah. was bloc- located in Osaka. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah. But mm-hmm. anyway, interesting things about Osaka.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. So, um, how was it growing up for you? Um,
2: um, yes. Uh, well, well, you know what?
0: First, <laughs> be, before before we go into that, I, I wanted to... There was a question that I had and slipped my mind because uh, Buddha was telling us that inter- interesting uh, it, uh, story uh, about Osaka. Kutu. 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 Hashtag Kutu.
2: Mm-hmm. The high heel thing.
0: The high heel thing. Can, can you explain that for our listeners, foreign listeners?
2: Yes. So there has been... Uh, uh, a little boom of small boom of feminism movement here in japan especially in in the online platforms such as twitter and some people started this hashtag called kutu and uh, demanding that women shouldn't have to wear high heels shouldn't have to wear makeup to work and sometimes it is considered rude for women not to wear makeup or mm. not to put on the high heels to work so, you would see many uh, new graduates looking for jobs wearing this uh, uh, suit with high heels on and makeup on and stuff like that in Japan.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for explaining that. Um, and the reason why I brought that up is because you, you moments ago you said that when you worked in Kobe, mm-hmm, I say, mm-hmm. um, your, your male co workers would, would compliment you every day and stuff like that and so back then w- were you wearing heels every day? Did you feel obligated to wear heels?
2: Um, it was not obligation I could wear flats if okay. I wanted to but I didn't Okay mm. But I, I, it wasn't for the the, the reasons mentioned uh, earlier but it was because because the people around me commented on my outfit oh. I, I decided to like Go full like, I want to like, I don't know.
1: Go overboard. Yeah, yeah, kind of o- like that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah,
2: so I I, I I needed to make it to, I needed to make it my enjoyment. Gotcha. So I don't feel pressured. So you
0: don't feel pressure. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. So you said you, but you said you wore flats
1: though.
2: I would sometimes if sometimes. I wanted to. Yes. Okay,
1: so um, the guys would would always comment on your appearance mm-hmm. because you were one of the few ladies in the department yeah but see let me give you a little trick that I could think that that I think that could work with all cultures start just over complimenting them and they would feel so (laughs) let's say put on the spot
3: Mm. you
1: know hey man you got a nice butt say some shit like that and or your suit (laughs) suit fits you so well Mm, you look so elegant and I guarantee you, they'll leave you alone. Nah, not you don't think so? Japanese men, especially. If, they, if they're already sexualizing her, I, I
0: imagine. Yeah, but if what she they came back doing. at
1: them and putting them on the spot, they would probably feel like embarrassed. So you just hit them like with overboard, and I guarantee you, within a few days, they'll leave you alone. Perhaps. Well, but okay, so yeah,
0: so growing up, you you grew up in Osaka. How was your childhood?
2: Um, I think. I had a, a relatively rare experience as a Japanese person living, born and raised in Japan. The reason being is that, well, the reason why I can speak, ja- I speak English is because I have immersed myself in the English culture, uh, mainly American pop culture or through music, uh, since I was 13 years, like around that age, 13 years old. And it is uh, the reason that I did so is because I was both ostracized from my school community and from my family community, and it was my necessity to to have a different perspectives uh, that can validate me, that can tell me that I'm not insane. Wow. I had a slightly different perspectives than than people around me, which was a little shocking for. For people around me including my family my parents um, so yeah so I taught myself English through music uh, and pop culture and that also led me to a stranger places during my formative years so for example my high school was international high school uh, and I like the work that I did during my my high school was you know, a little rare like I I worked in the hostess industry, for example. Um, so that's why I have the insight that I have now. But it is also very strange for many Japanese people. Uh, so I never actually felt like insider insider in Japan. It is it is very strange because I was born and raised. I'm 100% Japanese, yes, biologically speaking, but I never felt so home
0: okay mm. never felt like Japan
1: was home mm, why did really. they ostracize you I mean what was I mean did they give you any specific reason why
2: yeah so it, it all started from you know uh, Japanese uh, if you go to like Japanese preschool and stuff they have uh, group stuff group activities so if you go to like a different room you would line up and go with people uh, I used to like hanging out alone so that was strange to my my parents' eyes and and people around me. And then uh, I had a very strong sense of just. So I was very interested in pursuing what's right and what's bad, ethically or you know, philosoph- philosophically. Mm. And I think if you if you are familiar with Japanese culture, Japanese parents like to tell their kids, uh, "Oh." Uh, don't be trouble for me, for yeah. others or uh, be like others. Mm, don't act strange. Yeah. And I oh. use and you know that's that's how their parents teach their kids the norm. Yeah. And I would, I would deconstruct the norm by saying, what's normal. You know, the, it, the, the normal you, what you're talking about, is just a collection of individual perspectives. And just because one opinion has larger supporters doesn't make it right. Yeah. And that is a very strange kid.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking, like, at what age you were saying that?
2: Maybe like six or seven.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was kind of that way, too, when I was growing up, mm. but not at six or seven. Oh, okay. And so of basically, course,
2: yeah, I wasn't I wasn't this eloquent, of yeah. course, but
0: in your own way, at that age, you yeah, would, that's basically what you were saying.
2: So my nickname was Alien. Alien. And my mom would always tell me, "Oh, I gave birth to a gaijin."
0: Wow. Because
2: wow. I was too uh, independent. Yeah.
0: You, you you were not you were not
1: conforming to mm. the cultural yeah. uh, behavior, and, and so they felt. Uh, let's say, embarrassed by
2: you. Or yeah, and sometimes maybe per, uh, perhaps like threatened. Mm. Like they didn't know they didn't really know what to do when I had this philosophical questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus the fact that they were raised, born and raised in a conformist culture like mm-hmm. Japan, for the most part is. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so you felt ostracized.
2: Yeah, I was bullied at school, okay. uh, and I also had dysfunctional family issues, like abuse okay. at home. So, physical
0: or just emotional, or both. Uh,
2: both physical, emotional, okay. uh, somewhat social. Okay. And I didn't have any money, so maybe financial as well. That's why I had to do hosting work okay although it was illegal now explain
0: (laughs) that for people who are not familiar with hostess work
2: yes so maybe American culture is more known uh, has more familiarity with sex in the sex work industry but here in Japan we also have what's called hostess industry which is where uh, men businessmen most of uh, most of them go to and this hostessing club is where businessmen can have alcohol uh with women by their sides and women will take care of you they will pour your drinks they will facilitate the discussions uh and that's how we get paid okay yeah
0: and are, is there sex involved
2: no, no Ty- typically no typically no mm. but
0: it does happen
1: right well, in other um, words uh
2: rarely rarely okay mm.
1: yeah in other words a hostess club is where men come to feel like kings yeah yeah Shit that their wife won't tolerate at home, mm-hmm. basically.
3: Yes, yeah. and, you,
1: and you have to you have to like compliment them all the time, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard some stories. Yes. Yeah, but also also hostesses have to be highly intelligent too. It
2: uh, depends on what kind of hostess club you work. Right, right, right,
1: at. right, right, right. You you know because you have to be able to discuss. Let's say business with mm. them. You have to be an interesting yes. conversation.
2: Yes. if you work for these like high-class hostessing clubs, then then yes, you have to talk. You have to be able to uh, follow or facilitate those business conversations because sometimes businessmen bring their clients because they don't want to just talk amongst themselves. They want to see each other defenseless in mm. front of women mm. with the help of alcohol. So that's why they go to hosting clubs. Oh. Mm. Uh, but if you work for uh, not so high class hostess, hostess clubs, mm. then all you have to do is to talk a little bit about like sex or, mm. you know, be sensual. Yes. So you don't really have to be intelligent uh, or you you need not to be intelligent mm. so you don't appear threatening to those uh, businessmen.
1: So in other words, if a, if a guy has small penis issues, you make him feel like uh, a donkey.
2: Right. <laughs>
1: hey, don't worry about a donkey what? dick. Don't let your wife tell you that bullshit.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, I've seen like specials on, on Japanese TV mm. um, with like male hosts making tons of money.
1: Tons.
2: I think yeah. for male hosts, it's a little different story. Okay. I've never been to host clubs, so I don't really know myself. Okay. But it's more about, you know, imitating a romantic relationship. Ah.
0: Mm. Uh, so for the for the male hosts. Mm. For, okay. Gotcha. So these are single women single
2: woman yes
0: i guess want some company and
2: yeah okay and then it gets real and okay. then you know shit happens yeah, yeah. It, you've seen the you know uh, incidents that that happen yes yes mm. yes
0: yeah so how how was your experience as a host hostess hostess, Uh, yes so uh
2: it was very interesting so the first uh one of the clubs that i worked at was relatively high class so that's when i had to read newspapers every day so i could you know have smarter discussions yes but at all the times men were just drunk and they didn't want to talk about work so i think My communication skill in Japanese really uh, got sophisticated at the time but it was you know it only serves a certain purposes so right now I need a different type of communication skill in the business in the business world Mm -hmm. so I'm learning right now Uh, but people sometimes like my boss for example would point out my Japanese is wrong and my English is correct really yeah Okay. And Japanese is very difficult. Yes, so, it is. So, especially I, like business Japanese. Ones. Yeah, so I'm very uh, thankful for my experience in the hostess in world, which also helped me financially trim- tremendously. Uh, uh, but not necessarily the best way to to study Japanese. Okay. If you, especially if you want to work in the business world, gotcha. it's a different type of Japanese. I, I must say.
0: Mm. So, so like going back to your family, um, and, and, and being, um, you know, dealing with um, abuse, sexual, uh, excuse me, emotionally and physically. Um, what did you do as a kid? How how were you able to um, get through that?
2: Yes. So. So English
0: was an outlet. I get that.
2: Yeah, English was an outlet, definitely. But and still, yes, like,
0: that's, that's a lot to take on as a kid.
2: Yeah. So I had like. I slept through my, my puberty. I think. I think. <laughs> yeah. So I had like I slept for a long, long time, and then I entered uh, I entered high school. So I started living by myself uh, since I was 17. Okay. Yeah. So I got out of the house, and I'm no longer in touch with my mom. Uh, so that saved my my sanity as yes. well, and. And my high school was very, very good. And my teachers were very strange. My classmates were very strange. Strange is good sometimes. Strange is very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we would call each other weirdos, and uh, yeah. it was a lovely small international high school. Uh, well, most of the students would start from A, B, C. Okay. Because we were all trouble kids. That's why we go to this in- small international school. Trouble kids. Trouble kids. Yeah. yeah. So okay. yeah, there was no bullying at all, and we were all like very independent.
0: So I, I guess that's when you started feeling at home. Right? Yes, a
2: little bit. Yeah, okay. and then I would go to a, a Japanese university, very normal Japanese university. That's when people would point out that, oh, you're strange again. You know, uh-huh. yeah, why don't you wear skirts? You're a woman, or like, why do you eat lunch by yourself? Stuff mm. like that, and since i partied a lot in my high school years i went to university thinking that oh i'm here to study and i was very interested in international issues international affairs so i my major was international relations and that's when i studied for example uh uh, what was it Uh, political science you know ethics stuff like that and i was very very intrigued but many japanese students weren't so skeptical of the of the current system so for for educational purposes you would have discussions on you know is democracy the best idea or is capitalism the best idea Mm -hmm. you know what do you think about the poverty or what do you think about this and that and Japanese students didn't want to really question And I was very passionate about questioning these ideas and there was not much learning uh, between students so that's when I decided to study abroad. Nice. So I did two-year exchange program in Vancouver, uh, Canada and that's when I also learned my perspectives were not insane again. (laughs) (laughs) I felt very validated for the first time ever and I also learned at the time that there are people or academics out there that make money from the perspect the, the very pers- perspectives that I had and had people confused.
3: Mm.
2: So, mm. so that was a very good experience, you know, yes. being celebrated for having opinions that yes. I had. Yeah.
1: So, uh, going back to your mother, how's your relationship with her now? I Do don't you guys have, speak? Or? No, no. Uh, so I don't even know 20- where she lives now. Ah, so it's totally... How do you feel about that personally? Does it bother you in any way?
2: Not really. I don't really think about her anymore. Mm. And my parents, my father... It's actually my stepfather. Uh, my stepfather and my mom uh, got a, uh, had a divorce mm. uh, last year. So I'm in touch with my, my stepfather and my brother, but not with my mom.
1: How, what about your brother's relationship with the mom?
2: Uh, he's in a very good relationship with my mom.
1: So you never, you never considered, uh, let's say, going back to try to... I mean, because, you know, you were a teenager when you guys basically severed your relations, right?
2: Uh, early 20s.
1: Early 20s. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how old you are now if you don't want to disclose it, but it's been a number of years. Mm-hmm. That, you know, of course, you know, as years go by, we mature and we become more understanding Mm. of maybe why the other person was the way they were and Mm. yes she carried me for nine months and she she nurtured me fed me and all this yeah she was rough with me and this that and the other uh and even abusive at times but hmm maybe just sometimes people feel that they are doing the right thing Mm -hmm. when they're actually not maybe because they suck at listening and you never considered maybe saying, hey, let me see, can I... Maybe maybe we could get a new start.
2: Maybe. I don't have that path totally closed. I'm still uh, not necessarily optimistic, but maybe it can happen in the future. But uh, during uh, the time I started considering... Uh, not having a relationship with my mom. I had discussions with her several times on what had happened during the childhood times that bothered me. And what happened was she doesn't really remember what had happened. I think uh, maybe she has uh, you know narcissistic, Type of yeah. perspective mm-hmm. you know if you are familiar with this this kind of like dysfunctional mother-daughter relationship uh, you would come across these terms many times but uh, so mm, basically her defense was really really high which also brought about the very toxic type of communication again and again and the fact that I experienced this kind of communication during my childhood, it was difficult for me to bring myself back to a sane state after this communication happened. So, for example, when my mom calls me crazy, I believe it. Mm. And like after, after that, that conversation, I would tell my partner back then that I must go hospitalise myself because I'm that crazy so that so she's very powerful wow. for me in that regard mm. so I really had to like this distance myself from her
0: once yeah. you realized that what the effect she had on yeah her, her words yeah. had on you yeah wow were you at, at any point in your life were you suicidal
2: Oh, of I mean, course yes, yes for a long that, long time
0: that's a big uh, deal in Japan with yeah especially with kids Mm. with with everybody but yeah yeah
2: yeah. so i uh, also had like self-harm thing during my uh, during my teenage and it's actually i'm feeling uh very how do i say right now Mm. i'm happy that i'm alive but for a long long time maybe maybe until two years ago i always wanted to die every day and i didn't i wasn't able to think about the future like one like more longer than one day yes. yeah yeah
0: how, how many uh well i'm not gonna say how many but do, do you think that's do, do you think that's an issue more than what people know or understand mental health in japan like do, do you think there's a lot of kids um in japan like that going yes with you, going with you going through
2: yes i think so okay and english helped me a lot in that regard as well uh Especially because I was in those you know, social justice communities, you know, people would talk about mental health and people would talk about dysfunctional family. And so I was able to look for resources in English. Uh, but if you want to uh, come across those kind of information in Japanese, that must be really, 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 yes. really difficult.
3: Yes, yes,
2: definitely. And a lot, a lot of the information are just translation from the English. Uh, culture so not all of them should apply to Japanese uh, families you know so there must be some kind of adjust, adjustment that must be made perhaps. so you,
0: so you said until two years ago mm. you thought about suicide a lot mm. what, what, what was the t- turning point what was the change
2: uh, I think that uh, the job change that I mentioned very, uh, at, at first it okay. really changed me. Uh, because uh, that was I think me job hunting was my was my first time uh, trying to join the Japanese community, I think and uh, it was very difficult because people really didn't understand my resume at first because it was too complicated. <laughs> it was not you know it's not the normal resume they would see yeah. and I had to do a lot of explaining to them and I had to do a lot of... Change in my way of thinking about navigating Japanese society. Mm. And right now, I have a job. And uh, I... mm, How do I say, it's kind of difficult to explain, but I think I made a decision that I must live by myself without anyone's help. And that determination helped me a lot to to be
0: stronger
2: yeah be stronger and not not think about what had happened in the past okay one of the things my uh, job advisor told me that really changed me was Mm. that she said you know nobody gives a shit about your past I don't really care about your past but the fact that you're trying right now is really important and that's what people want to know so Mm. for a long time I had struggled that the fact that my life is like this is because what had happened in the past and of course it had effects on me you know the way I think and stuff like that I also had like PTSD kind of stuff Mm. so I I would think about what had happened in the past Mm. but I think right now I don't think about it anymore as much and that's why I'm more that's why I'm more interested in how I make my life like what kind of life I want to live from now
1: Yes. wow (laughs) So, you know, well, they have this saying called the uh, past is his- history, mm. the future is a mystery, and the present is a gift. gift. That's why they call it a present. Hi. But now I'm going to go back to the mother thing, if you don't mind. Of course. I'm going to ask you a, a, a blunt question.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: If your mother, have you you ever think about, let's say, reaching out to her because let's say she passes away, mm-hmm. then it's over. Right. You don't think about that possibility?
2: I did. I I do think about it sometimes, and that's why I don't have the, the path like, totally closed. Yeah, yeah, you said that mm. earlier. It's not mm.
0: it's not totally closed. But I
2: think it, it can't happen until I'm one hundred percent sure that I don't. I have this very strong, solid, rigid boundary against her that no matter what she says i'm not affected by it
1: okay okay
2: yeah because mm.
1: you know i i i'm not a believer in regret Mm. so once you're ready uh and and you you're you 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 are spot on you know but once you're ready and you have to you know because you're a grown woman now and you're a human being and you know human beings deserve to be respected You know, but it has to start with you respecting Mm. yourself. But I also feel that if you could give it one last try before her final day Mm -hmm. on this earth, um, then you can go on living your life with no regrets. And let's say you give it one more try and it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And as long as you knew you did your best, you know, so I was just wanting to ask you that question because, you know, we're all going to die one day. You know what I'm saying? And so. And so I was just thinking that maybe you would like to give it one more try. Because if she did pass mm-hmm. away, then of course you're going to live your life. You know, life goes on. But you don't want to regret not reaching out. Yeah. You know, yeah. because she she is who she is uh, based off of maybe the way she feels. Yes. Or how she was. was brought up. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And what she feels. That is right. Because parenting, you know, I'm a parent myself, even though my daughter's 31 years mm-hmm. old now. Uh, but, you know, it's a learning process. Yes. There's no book that says, hey, this is the exact way you parent a kid. As kids grow, parents have to grow mm-hmm. with them. You know, we try to stay a step ahead. But at the same time. I think some of the parents' worst mistakes is being... So if you ever become a parent yourself, learn how to be yeah, a listener. Yeah. You know, but anyway, I yeah. just wanted to ask you that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, w- I, I think about it uh, sometimes. And then uh, my understanding is that what had happened in the past is not her fault. My mother's fault. And that's not what she wanted either. But so this, that's my understanding. And but how my body and my, my mind would react is a different, you mm. know, total domain. Yeah. So... I think maybe once I have my own family because right now sometimes I would cry you know, at night mm. wanting a mother or someone that yeah. I can you know hold on to yeah so that kind of my uh, dependent kind of part would come out so as long as I have that happen maybe I shouldn't see my mom yes yeah because she would constantly want to cross over that da- yeah. that line mm. so yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so going forward, what what do you want to? I mean, I understand you. You're in your position now um, in your professional career. What do you see yourself doing in the future in terms of like uh, social justice? Um,
2: yes. So right now, I'm focusing more on my life, how I can better my life, so I can, uh, I can survive, and how I can fight in the longer term in Japan because I. Uh, pretty much after I came back from Canada, five years I dedicated myself to the NPOs, uh, grassroots activism, mm-hmm. uh, communal communal organizing, and right now I'm focusing more on my, my on my life. And the fact that I did that is because as a student, I was able to give time and labor, but I wasn't equipped uh, with any type of professional skills, mm. and what you need. Uh, sometimes what you need is just time and labor Uh, but sometimes people need professional skills or you know some you know education is very important even in the the social justice movement so I'm more interested in uh, having my skills acquiring skills so I can use it for the better and I'm interested in maybe growing a small community in the future myself that would help marginalized communities in Japan thrive a little more, mm-hmm. survive a little better in Japanese society. But so far I don't have any sorts of tangible plans or anything. Okay. I'm still struggling myself, okay. <laughs> you know, how to navigate Japanese society. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, right now I'm just experimenting myself, I think.
0: You know, going back to Tokyo, you're in the perfect place um, Or. or I'm not gonna say the perfect place but you're in a, a good place maybe the best place in japan for social change mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people doing cool amazing things um, helping minorities uh, we've had a few people on in the past um, um, lgbt um, nonprofits. there's so much creativity mm-hmm. here in tokyo um, and, and i think people are really trying to change things um, yeah so yeah if you eh. you can kind of get into one of you know get connected with one of these people here one of these groups here and and, and, and maybe they can give you some guidance yeah I'm trying
2: to like listen to Japanese people their perspective I'm trying to understand them okay yeah 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 so far I'm learning that Japanese people you know from marginalized like I don't I don't know if I call myself marginalized perspective but from my point of view I for a long time I thought normal people would have it easier It's somewhat simpler, maybe, Um, but I'm learning. Oh, Japanese people are struggling huge times, big times, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, how do I say, find a way to let their guards down a little, so they can live a better life too. Mm. You know, so that they don't, so that they have a more liberal point of view uh, to others, but as well as to themselves as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah
1: I I think part of that journey is you know learning to be vulnerable yeah and learning to you know
2: like I say I believe
1: in taking secrets to the grave Mm -hmm. but at the same time I feel that you know and what you're explaining to me and even though I'm not a great speaker of Japanese but I could see body language Mm -hmm. and things like that and and what I can see is is they don't know where to go to be vulnerable. Yeah. And and, and, and things like Absolutely. that. And being and vulnerable, you know, things like, uh, you know,
0: terms like mental health.
3: Mm.
0: It's a stigma on that mm-hmm. as well. You know, we had um, a representative from TEL, you know, Tell yes. organization mm. Tell, yes. Yeah. And, and we, we had an interesting discussion on, on mental health here in Japan. Mm. And it's a big thing. It's a big thing. It is. And it's a stigma. So...
1: Let me ask you a question. You did mention something about uh, being. Are you queer? Yes. Okay. And was that a part of maybe the, let's say, the home, the in-home conflict, or did they ever find out?
2: Um, I told them, mm. but it was after uh, I came back from Canada, uh, and so to me, sexuality was not a big, did not play a big part in my my family my family issues. And, you know, after a while that after after, you know, my childhood, you know, they didn't really like surprise or anything. Okay.
3: They
1: were, Yeah, they yeah. were
2: like okay. Just one other small like yeah. thing that adds to the, you know.
1: Oh, my said this oh shit, I'm not surprised. Yeah. One of those type things. Yeah. 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 So when did you when did you uh find out that you were
2: mm, queer? Yes. Uh, are
1: we talking about completely queer or bisexual or uh, are you attractive? I
2: myself identify as pansexual
1: pansexual mm, okay. yeah that's a new term I've been oh really yeah, yeah I did some research <laughs> on it and it's very fucking interesting as a matter of fact pansexualism you know I consider myself totally heterosexual mm-hmm. right but it's interesting because love is love sometimes mm. to me a pansexual person they are not afraid to express because you know, they, they don't they feel that love is love, don't mm. matter whether it's a guy or a girl or mm-hmm. whatever, mm. you know. And so I found that very uh, very interesting. You know, when did you find out that you were attracted to women? Uh, oh, well, you say you're pansexual. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: That's fine. Um, well, you know, when, since I was uh, maybe in preschool, I would have attraction to, for example, my, my teachers who are not men, mm. right? And I would also have dreams about androgynous looking type of person and I are in romantic relationship and stuff like that. But because I do have attraction towards men as well, uh, I didn't really have struggled much. Okay. And I, my, like my relationships usually goes like the other person liking me And I like back and not the other way around. I didn't have really issues. Uh, But when I was in Canada, I was able to like explore a little more, you know, in a safer environment too, because you know, the school I went to had pride communities, which I joined as well. And then, uh, you know, my, the people around me didn't know me. So it was a safer environment as well. So that's when I explored a little. And yeah, that's why I, now identify as pansexual or queer
3: okay, Mm. great
1: cool, 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 yeah
0: well yeah, I I, I mean we appreciate you for coming on and sharing your story Um, yeah, yeah I I mean, I I think you're a very strong person, you know, to go through what you went through and and to still be here today and to talk to us about (laughs) it in English you you know, that's one thing we try to do um, when we can, you know, uh, most of the guests are foreigners, but mm-hmm. whenever we can have a um, global-minded um, Japanese perp- person, you know, who's able to uh, uh, articulate themselves mm-hmm. in English, come on and talk to us about life in Japan from their perspective, yeah, yeah, we, we,
1: we welcome that. I feel that by listening to you and feeling your energy and seeing the brightness of your smile, we don't have cameras in here, but... If they were able to see how <laughs> bright and beautiful she is,
2: thank you. Um,
1: and I'm talking about you know the beauty of your overcoming your struggle. Thank I'm not you. talking about just physical beauty and shit. Yeah. You know, but overcoming your struggle and this, that, and the other, I feel that, and I want you to understand that you being on this earth, you went through what you went through for a reason and i feel that i'm glad you didn't kill yourself back when you had strong suicidal tendencies because you are going to be the reason why other people are going to be encouraged yes by thank you your actions by Mm. talking to you by Mm. your compassion Mm. and even you and your mother doesn't have a connection also think of the fact that if it wasn't for your mother treating you the way you did mm. you wouldn't have been able to find the inner strength right. so you could use all of that turn that poison into medicine and i feel that you sitting here right now in this mobile man cave um you are going to affect a lot of lives in a very positive way
2: Thank you. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so... um, Yeah, thank you. And... I'm um, not
1: saying this to bullshit you. I'm saying this because it's real, because of the real true energy that I feel. Yeah,
2: I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm trying to... uh, So, I'm, I'm not trying to hide anything from the public, but I'm still... I'm trying to be... How do I say? So, for example, I don't necessarily identify myself. Uh, I don't really disclose my queerness at work. For example, absolutely, and it's 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 for me it's a strat strategic. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. And uh, I need you know it's one thing I learned during the job uh, hunting uh, process, but I needed to learn when. Like I, want, I needed to learn that I get to decide when I want to be vulnerable or when I want Absolutely. to disclose certain information yes. about myself. Mm. And so I'm still negotiating when when, and what kind of information I want to disclose to whom. But But perhaps I'm thinking the fact that I don't disclose it much is serving, you know, it does not really serve the cause yes right get, so I'm yeah. really thankful for you know for you guys you know for inviting me to yeah. have this kind of outlet I'm trying I'm, I hope my story can help someone out yeah. there yeah also, it's
1: always common sense you know I mean yeah for example, if I was a preacher and I like to go to strip shows, I shouldn't go to strip shows in my community because the <laughs> congregation, even though me going to a strip show as a preacher doesn't mean that I'm a bad preacher. I can't help mm. anybody or whatever. It's just an image that it projects mm. and how it could negatively affect you, which yes. could possibly stomp mm. your calls because people don't want to hear you anymore, even yeah. though you have something wonderful to say. So disclosing, choosing, picking, when and picking and choosing when you want to disclose mm certain things is something that should be well thought out because yes. it can it can be used against you yes. and it could affect your career yes. and it could affect your potential family life mm. or or it could affect let's say you have some kids in the future they may go to school and be exposed to yeah mommy yeah. was this and all that that other bullshit you know what i'm saying mm. so so yeah like yeah. i said you're going to be a beacon of hope Thank for you. a lot of people yeah, so yeah. just keep a few, encouraging yeah,
2: I, a, few, a few years back i didn't really think about those stuff because i was in the warrior mode right mm-hmm. so, the social justice warrior mode mm-hmm. and then uh, i would you know drop bombs everywhere
3: <laughs> and
2: i needed to learn how to weaponize my pain and trauma absolutely. and identity you know not only for effectiveness uh purposes but also for self protection as you said yeah. absolutely uh, yeah
1: pick and choose your battles yeah, yeah that's what life yeah. is all about yeah.
0: Thank you, Mai. Thank, Thank you, you, Mai. That's what's up. <laughs> and you always, you're always, you welcome to come and join us again and, and mm. talk and yeah, have discussions.
1: And, you know, we don't care who we have here as long as you're raw and authentic. And, and, and every guest we've had on here, you know, maybe it's the effects inside of this. Maybe it's some spooky <laughs> shit that was left from... Some dude may have died and left his ghost in here. But people, for some reason, uh, just come here and they just... We just want to create an atmosphere where you just relax and just let it all hang out. But mm-hmm. at the same time, we're respectful of, you know, what you choose to or not to disclose. So, yeah, it's been great having you, girl.
2: Thank you. Yes.
0: yes. W- would you would you mind being a guest host sometimes? Like guest coming, host? Yeah, like coming on, like we have a guest and then you can just join the conversation and sure. be a host with us. That would be yeah. fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I'll definitely uh, hit you up in the future.
2: Yeah. Looking yeah. forward to yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Yes. You, you,
1: you can really add to the, to the uh, yeah. uh vibe. To the vibes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. to the Role, rawness. raw vibe. Yeah. yeah the <laughs> raw vibe. Hell yeah. <laughs> I believe in raw All
0: right. All From right. Tokyo, Shibuya. Shibuya. All right. Peace. Thank, thank you, Mai. Thank, thank you. Mai. Bye. Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. For more episodes, please visit Rump that podbeam.com or you can head straight to Google and type in Raw Urban Mobile Podcasts. You can also listen to us on Spotify,
3: iTunes, and wherever you can stream or download podcasts.